is on yeah. oh okay uh i do have hearing aids and but i'm an old man and i get so much wax in my ears the hearing aids won't work anymore so i'm only hearing out of one side today so if, if you want to say something under your breath that you don't want me to hear get on this side of the house and i won't hear you it's a pleasure to be back it's only been 10 years since i was with you all really 10 years ago about this time we were just beginning at least one portion of what has become Providence Bible Church. And I am, appreciate what, what everyone has done. And Barbara and I look forward to being back among you on a regular basis whenever we get rid of the McKays. <clears throat> and Andrew, I really appreciate the music portion and the reading of Scripture. It's fun being saved, isn't it? It's a wonderful thing to see that man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. And one of the last ones that, what was the last one that, what's the last song we sang? No, no, my Jesus. Say again? Yeah, I just I don't know that one. That's a good one. And just wonderful to be in the house of the Lord with people who recognize how marvelous it is that the Lord would fool with folks like we are. But he does, doesn't he? And uh, Andrew read a portion from John's Gospel that I want to talk a little bit about today. I, I, uh, I believe in going verse by verse in the Scripture as you all have been doing. And I talked to Jason actually about what should I do? Should I pick up where you left off and we sort of mutually agreed that some of you didn't, don't even know us. And uh, he said, well, they just need to know what's on your heart. So I'm going to tell you what's on my heart. What's on my heart is I want everybody to know that there is a great and gracious God, and we're not him. He's in heaven, and we're on the earth. And if we get that down, we'd be like Isaiah when he saw the Lord. Who's, who remembers what Isaiah said when he, when the year the king Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple? What did he say? What? Ellen, what did you say? A bit louder. I'm saying this here. <laughs> Woe, right? Woe is me, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell among the people of unclean lips. And we know the rest of the story. But if you want to know what matters to me, I've got hobby horses just like every other preacher. That's why we go exegetically. That's why we go through the scripture to avoid the preacher's hobby horses. But I want you to know I have one that's God's really big and we're not. If you want to know something about me, you do. Well, it's been just a few days since Easter season. Uh, and we're all familiar with the story that that I feel like I'm so far away. Can I move? I, I can't. I gotta have my notes. I mean, you know, I might use them. Uh, yeah, I tell my wife anytime you see me go out like this, you know, I'm about to get in trouble. Uh, but we are familiar with the the portion that Andrew read about the crucifixion of Jesus. We've 
we're familiar. We remember the purple robe and the crown of thorns. We remember the reluctant capitulation of Pilate, how that man, he didn't want to do what he ultimately did, but he eventually did turn Jesus over to be crucified. We know that the religious leaders cried, crucify him, crucify him. And we know about the sign, Jesus, King of the Jews. You remember that Pilate put the, the, the sign above the Lord and the Jews, the religious leader says, don't say he's the King of the Jews, say that he said he was the King of the Jews. And I noticed that even while Rand, Andrew was reading it. In Acts chapter 2, we know about the day of Pentecost and Peter's accusation, you have taken the hands of law, lawless men have crucified the Lord. For years, I would have said, fairest Lord Jesus and Jesus loves me would be my two favorite hymns. But boy, that one, see the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulder. What's the name of that? How oh, great the Father's love for us. That's now my favorite. So when I die, make sure somebody sings that or plays it. Do you ever think about how much trouble that you and I go into to excuse our own sin? As Andrew read this morning, and as I just recalled some of the events around the crucifixion, Pilate tried to get out of responsibility. I mean, what did he do? Don't be afraid to interact with me. I'm an old man and I like to be cajoled. And what did Pilate do? Yeah, there you go. I figured some of you might pick it up. Uh, <clears throat> Pilate tried to wash his hands and did it excuse Pilate? Do you think Pilate slept well after that and I'm, my hands are washed? And the, the religious leaders, the Jews of that day said, hey, Put the sign and say, he said he was the king, not that he was the king, because at another occasion we have Abraham to our father. Jesus told them, now you're the father of the devil. If you were Abraham's children, you'd do God's work. You'd recognize me, the Savior. We can always find the Lord's will to do the thing we want to do. You ever noticed it? Oh. We'll often think of the New Tribes Missionary speaker at our home church back in Wayne County years ago who told the story of the young woman who had saved up money to go on a mission trip. And uh, it was $1,500. But just before the time was about to occur that she would take the trip, she was offered a chance to go to Hawaii on vacation, which also cost about $1,500. Of course, she had to pray about it, you know, what she should do. So she took it before the Lord. This is a true story, by the way. She prayed about it because she didn't know what to do. She made a promise to missions, but she had a chance to go to Hawaii. So when she prayed that night, the next morning she woke up, and wouldn't you know that the Lord answered her prayer? She looked at her digital clock, and it said 747. And she knew that the Lord was telling her to go to Hawaii. 
Now that seems a little bit ridiculous to those of us who claim we believe, we believe. We believe every word. We sang that this morning. Yet I find myself making rationalizations about my own sin. Do you? I like the one Adam had. My favorite one. It goes something like this. It's that woman you give me, Lord. Remember that? That's what Adam said. We all are guilty. The Jews declared to Pilate, if you let him go, you're no friend of Caesar's. Whoever makes himself king speaks against Caesar. Look with me, if you will, back to John chapter 19. And I just want to read a couple of verses here. I have a new Bible. I'm accustomed to the, we use the King James Bible at Grace, and I haven't used this for a while. And, I, you know, I like the ESV very much, except, that, boy, this print is small. Uh, in John's Gospel, chapter 19, just verse 21 and 22. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but rather, This man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Pilate couldn't absolve himself, no matter how many times he washed his hands. The Jews couldn't justify their treachery by appealing to the law. You and I won't succeed either. No matter how clever we are, no matter how much we rationalize, no matter how much we blame shift to someone else or our circumstances, we need a Savior. The good news is God has provided a Savior. At this time, I'd like to poll the jury. You're the jury. Uh, are the Jews guilty? Somebody help me. Jews guilty? Say yes right there, okay? Is Rome guilty? All right. Are you guilty? Am I guilty? But yet, in God's providence, there's that word, our treachery, even that worked in God's plan to ma manifest the greatest redemption in human history. Over a few pages to Acts. Let me read a couple of verses there in Acts chapter 2. Well, I can't see. This is a small, small print. I probably should have looked at this before I came in here, shouldn't I? Chapter 2 of Acts. Okay. Verse 21. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Men of Israel... Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. They will wonder about God's providence. Uh, we read together the Apostles' Creed this morning. Uh, 
We have some wonderful creeds in the Christian church historically. We have confessions like the 1869 Baptist London Confession is a good one. The, uh, Spurgeon's Shorter Catechism. We have some examples. You know, we're not the first people that ever followed the Lord. The Church of Jesus Christ didn't start in 1955 in a storefront. And I'm particularly indebted to the Westminster Confession of Faith, and I want to read some portions about providence to you. For those of you who were with us in the, not the, the, uh, the providence half of this church when we started 10 years ago, and we finally decided on that name providence, my portion of that idea comes largely from the Westminster Confession of Faith. I'm just going to read a few paragraphs on providence. God, the great creator of all things, doth uphold, direct, dispose, and govern all creatures, actions, and things, from the greatest even to the least, by his most wise and holy providence, according to his infallible knowledge and the free and immutable counsel of his own will, to the praise of the glory of his wisdom, power, justice, goodness, and mercy. In other words, he's in heaven and we're on the earth. He's God and we're not. I think you're going to learn to remember that. Paragraph 2, although in relation to foreknowledge and the decree of God, the first cause of all things come to pass immutably and infallibly, yet by the same providence he orders them to fall out according to the nature of second causes, either necessarily, freely, or contingently. In other words, man, I tell you, I don't understand the will of God, do you? I don't understand the providence of God, but I believe in God. And I believe that even you who took you with lawless hands, crucified him. Still part of God's program. And yet those responsible are yet responsible. It was my sin that put him there, we say. And it's my sin. And yet he paid for it for me. Skipping down just to the last. As the providence of God doth in general reach to all creatures, so after a most special manner it taketh care of his church and disposes all things to the good thereof. And I believe that. I really do. And I want to quickly add, it doesn't always seem like it to me. I know Romans 8.28 and most of you do. And of course, the way I learned it in English was, and we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, those who are called according to His purpose. I believe it, but boy, it sure doesn't seem like it sometimes. That's why we need to trust the Savior. My heart is heavy sometimes when I think about the way we approach our Maker. As one people in the scripture says, you thought I was like you. We thought he was like us. We forget that he's high and lifted up. And it's an amazing thing that we could come before him in his presence. Isaiah saw that. Job said this, I heard you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. 
Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. <clears throat> don't misunderstand me, church. I don't think we need to grovel and say, oh, I'm such a worm. No, because we've been rescued. But we need to remember what a, a, a wonderful thing it is that we've been rescued. I'd be foolish to explain how God uses evil to accomplish His purpose. But I'm not afraid to say that He does, because He does. An ex explicit example of the crucifixion of our own Savior, Jesus Christ. That He uses all things to His purpose, I clearly do believe. He's in heaven, we're under the sun. He's God, and we are not. In Acts chapter 2, repentance is called for. The Jews delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. We have lawless hands, wicked hands. Taken by wicked hands, crucified and slain, the King James Bible says. That's man's contribution. What did you do when you came to Christ? Did you accomplish something? Or did you just recognize what He's accomplished for you? The Bible says we have God's determinate or determined, His determination of purpose and foreknowledge. I'll never apologize for God or set in His judgment. He's the King. But I'll also never understand how he goes about accomplishing his will. See the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulder. It was my sin that put him there. Can you say that? In the good providence of God, I've come to see that. In the good providence of God, I wouldn't trade places with anybody under the sun because he's blessed me so much. In earthly things as well, but uniquely in spiritual things. When we come together as a church and we sing those thoughtful words about what's true, it makes me think all over again, why would the Lord show mercy to such folks as we are? Then I think, I don't know why, but I know that He has shown that mercy. One more reminder for us today, perhaps as a warning. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, Pilate, Nicodemus, Judas, they're not fictional characters. Jesus paid for the treachery of Pilate. Jesus paid, Judas paid for his own sin. Pilate paid for his own sin because it was their sin. I don't want to pay for mine, do you? I need a Savior. The story was told many years ago that <clears throat> a young fellow came to the elders of his church seeking baptism, church membership, and he was questioned about how he was saved. How do you know you're saved? And he said, well, it's simple. I, I did my part. And God did His part. 
Now, I don't mind telling you that that would scare me a little bit if I was one of the elders hearing that. So the elder said to them, to the young man, well, you, could you explain that to me? Can you tell me what your part is and what God's part is? He said, oh, well, that's simple. I did the sinning and he did the saving. We have a great God, people. And should we even try to rob any of his glory, take some credit for our contribution? Well, our contribution is our sin. And I know we're sinners because we're all relatives. We all descended from Adam and Eve Smith. That makes us all kinfolk, kin, kin, folk, kin people. And we have the curse of our father, Adam. I want to read again the last paragraph of the Westminster Confession of Faith pertaining to providence. As the providence of God doth in general reach to all creatures, so after a most special manner it taketh care of his church and disposes all things to the good thereof. I've been privileged to meet with some of the men and look at some properties and think about what the future might hold for us as a church and I agree with the Westminster divines who said, I mean, God's in charge of everything, generally speaking. Don't you think he's had kind of special attention to his church to dispose all things to the good? I really believe that. It doesn't mean I think we're going to have a great big building and there are going to be 10,000 of us. Matter of fact, well, I hope that don't happen because then they have to get on TV and everything. But don't you believe that Jesus who paid for the church will take care of the church and encourages me. Jesus ordered everything. There's nothing that was made that he didn't make. By him all things are held together. We heard that this morning. He does all things well. He has special attention to the church. He works all the things together. He works them together for good for all of us who, are, who love Him, those of us called according to His purpose, the pleasure of His goodwill. It makes me confident. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know if I'll be with you tomorrow, but I know that God's in heaven and we're on the earth and He loves us. Let's stand together, will you please? I have a, developed a habit that I'd like to carry on here as a, a way of benediction, really. Sing with me. Jesus paid it all, all to Him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.